We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rollergrinders.com. Back to break down the rest of week 12 for you. Thanksgiving behind us, and we still have an 11 game main slate here. And we will look at everything on FanDuel and DraftKings, including our favorite plays, our favorite stacks, and of course, our favorite bets for the week. I am your host, Chris Fearmaker, Sam Prince, joined as always by my boys, Notorious and Head Chopper Noto. Let's get over to you, buddy. How's things? And uh, what are we looking forward to here on this week 12 slate? Looks like a fun one. Yeah, doing real well. I'm just going to assume that uh, I won all the money on Thanksgiving. Uh, We're recording this before, and uh, (laughs) it's not getting released until after Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to assume I won everything. So I'm doing uh, fantastic. I'm going to assume the same. So I'm doing really well. So uh, Chop, how you doing, my man? I assume I lose every time, so I'm pretty sure I lost, but uh, it's all good. Now's a good time to bounce back on, on this Sunday slate. But I will bet that you enjoyed your turkey and the rest of that Thanksgiving dinner. So we are here again, 11 games on the main slate. So let's dive right into it here, guys. It looks like the majority of the games are in the 1 o'clock window. Looks like we have an 8 and 3 split here. So at least we get 3 in the afternoon. But let's dive in here. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Indy, small favorites here. One of the bigger totals we have on the board at 51. So Tennessee looks good to go. Uh, Derrick Henry, we saw have that big game against the Baltimore Ravens. Indy side, Phillip Rivers questionable with a sore toe. So they said they're going to keep an eye on that throughout the week. But my biggest question here. Chop, what do we do with this Indianapolis backfield? I, I think we talk about it every single week. And, you know, we kind of saw Jonathan Taylor have the big game. Are, are we falling for this? Because we've seen Naheem Hines have the big game. We've seen Jordan Wilkins have the big game. And then the following week, it's somebody else. So are, are they finally ready to put their eggs in the Jonathan Taylor basket? Are you buying? And we also saw Michael Pittman uh, play very well in that game against Green Bay. So, Most of my questions on the Indy side here, Chop, lead us off. Titans and Colts. 
Yeah, I think uh, the best thing you do is kind of just avoid it. I, I understand the the desire to take shots on it in tournaments, and that's fine. But uh, for the most part, even in tournaments, I don't I don't want to play either one of these guys. I had a vague amount of interest in Hines last week coming off the big game, but I you could just feel it was just kind of fool's gold. So I don't I just don't I just don't you know I look at the indie offense and there's nothing really that uh, excites me. I I may it's a good enough matchup that I may play Michael Pittman this week, but he's the only thing I could even vaguely reach for in this game for Indianapolis. I just don't like their offense led by Philip Rivers. I just it hasn't interest me interested me all year and it's not going to start now even in a in a fairly good matchup for Tennessee. Yeah, this is a good Indianapolis defense, but Derrick Henry's a different kind of a beast and now we are in late November, so it's almost that time of year where he starts to take over. He t- he took over in overtime last week and got him the win. So, I think any week, no matter the matchup, you can always find a room on your roster for a Derrick Henry or an AJ Brown because they're slate changers when they get on but otherwise I'm not too thrilled with uh, trying to attack Indy's defense outside of those two guys yeah I'm pretty much with you Indy uh, it's not that I dislike the offense it's that there's so many guys I mean you're talking three running backs three different tight ends with Jack Doyle back uh, and we saw a few of those guys score Uh, the wide receivers I like Pittman but is he going to get enough targets uh, to make himself viable the price is up uh, to 5k Tennessee Like you said, tough matchup for Derrick Henry. One guy I do like, and you can never go wrong with A.J. Brown, don't get me wrong, but Corey Davis just continues to put up numbers, uh, only 4,900 on DraftKings. So uh, this game, you know, this matchup, not ideal. Obviously, we know Indy very good defensively against both the run and the pass, but uh, still seems a little too cheap uh, on Corey Davis. So he stands out as a guy like in this matchup. Derek, let's get over to you. Your thoughts, Colts and Titans. Yeah, you guys pretty su- pretty much summed it up uh, perfectly on the Colts side. There's just so many guys that are getting the ball. Phillip Rivers threw it to 11 different players last week, and then their backfield is just a mess. I did fall for the coach speak on Naheem Hines. They said he could lead the backfield in carries last week. He did get the start and played the first two series, but they didn't do anything. And then after that, they uh, went to Jonathan Taylor. They did the hot hand from there. And I think that's just kind of how they're going to do it the rest of the season. Whoever's playing well is going to get the more snaps and more touches so for me it's going to be a situation to avoid and then yeah Pittman he looks good looks like the best receiver in the offense but just don't know how big of a workload he's going to get and uh, then on the other side Derrick Henry AJ Brown both capable of performing well in any matchup even in this one Um, it is indoors so I kind of like Derrick Henry a little bit more you know outdoors where he gets those snow tires going in December Uh, uh, but I think he's certainly viable he did have over 100 yards against them a couple weeks ago so uh, he's interesting in tournaments, but for the most part, I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to this game. All right, Derek, we got Colts minus three and a half here at home. The total at 51. Total seems high for a game where I don't like anybody that much, so I'll take the under. All right, I'm going to take Tennessee with the points here. I think you get a close game. It wouldn't shock me to see them go in and win this game, so give me the Titans plus the three and a half. Chop, what do you got? I want Tennessee also. I think it's getting that time of year, man, where they can start the – they start to exert themselves. All right, let's take a look at our records for week 11. I said I had good news and bad news. So we'll, we'll start with the bad news as none of us did very well. So, mm. I mean, right right around 500. Derek, you were five and six. That brings you to 66, 56 and one. Still about 10 games above 500. Chop, you were six and five. So over 500 there. A decent week, 64, 57 and one. And I was down at four and six. Uh, lagging behind at 54, 
66 and one. But the good news, if you played the old two teamer, we only had two that we agreed on last week. And that was the Steelers who won handily in Jacksonville. And we all agreed on the over in the Dallas Minnesota game. So hopefully one of our seven listeners out there parlayed that, that two teamer uh, and made some money, but uh, we'll see if we can come up with another parlay card here for week 12 so far. Nothing on the board. All right, guys, let's move on to our next game. Arizona travels to New England to take on the Patriots. Cardinals road favorites here. Kyler Murray, questionable. We saw him kind of dealing with that shoulder uh, in week 11. Should be fine, uh, but something to keep an eye on. And then New England side, obviously, saw the injury uh, to Rex Burkhead. So take one guy out of that backfield. But uh, assuming we're going to add Sony Michelle back in so Derek let's go to you here uh again Kyler you worried about that he's up to 8200 on DraftKings so even if he is a go is that shoulder a concern and then New England does that Rex Burkhead injury do anything uh to give you any interest in that New England backfield yeah I mean uh, a lot of people are talking about Damian Harris seeing this huge uh boost in his role but uh you mentioned Sony Michelle being back I don't think it's going to change all that much for Harris I still think he's a very good running back I still think He's going to get enough touches to make him viable, but uh, he's just not involved in the passing game. So that kind of hurts his upside on a site like DraftKings. Then Cam Newton, I mean, he finally showed some upside with his arm last week. He always has some rushing potential as well. Uh, pace up spot at home against the Cardinals. So I like that quite a bit. The thing is, I don't know who to pair him with. I thought it was going to be Jacoby Myers. He was the clear wide receiver one, three straight games. And then last week uh, it was Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry. So uh, I think Cam's viable. I don't think you have to pair him up with anybody. Uh, it could be one of those games where, you know, he runs for a couple of touchdowns and then none of the receivers go for more than 60 yards, something like that. So Cam's probably the only guy I would look to on the Patriots. And you mentioned the injury to Kyler Murray. It's a little concerning, but most of his productions come through the ground anyway. So uh, I don't think the shoulder injury is too big of a concern. That's a pretty good matchup. I know the Patriots haven't uh, been terrible in terms of fantasy production allowed. They're 13th or better in DVP against all positions. But if you look at their DVOA, 31st against the pass, 28th against the run. So I think it's a pretty good spot for them. And uh, I don't mind pairing them up with Hopkins, um, even though it would be going up against Stephon Gilmore. That'll be a fun matchup. Or if you want to go to uh, Chris Kirk, I don't mind that either. So I like the passing game more than the running game. Well, pick a running back. Let's just play it, play it for fun here. Kenyon Drake, 5,400. Chase Edmonds, 5,300. Man, it's tough. I mean, I'll take the one that has more pass catching ability. So I'll go with Chase Edmonds. Um, the two have been splitting snaps the last two games. So I think, you know, maybe we finally see Edmonds get going a little bit. All right. And I want to talk James White here. I, I think he's the guy that, you know, that we know the early down work is going to go to Harris. We'll see how they split that up with Sony Michelle, but neither of those guys are, are really considered pass catchers. So uh, James White kind of steps into that role. We saw him uh, be pretty productive last week. And if we expect Arizona to put up points, New England playing from behind, I think James White could be very viable here, uh, more so on DraftKings, obviously, for that PPR, but just 4,500. I uh, wanted to get his name here in the mix. Chop, let's go to you here. Uh, same questions, uh, that New England backfield, Arizona backfield, any concerns uh, with this Kyler Murray shoulder injury? Uh, let's see, for New England, I mean, having Sony Michelle back <clears throat> probably – really eliminates everybody for me in the backfield. I had some mild interest in Damian Harris when Mich as Michelle's been absent. And uh, because I, I just don't think Rex Burkhead plays the same type of role as Sony Michelle. So I was cool with Burkhead there. But as long as Michelle was out, I was good with Harris. Now, I, I don't want any of it. So I'll pass on all that. And like, there's 
one of the there's a lot of different dividing points in DFS that split people up, like polarizing this side or that side. A lot of it. One of them is Bradley Roby, right? Like, is he good or is it just fluky that he's shutting people down now because he hasn't been good? Like, one side says, "Oh, he's a shutdown guy, avoid him," and the other the other side says, "Bradley Roby's just catching good side of variance. He's never been good, but." You know, Jacoby Myers went into last week on fire, and he came out putting up a huge dud. Maybe it was Bradley Roby. I'm not sure. So, I don't know. Jacoby Myers is, you know, I don't know, tough one. Was it just a Roby game, or was it really just settling back into what he truly is? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I just think that loss really took the a lot of fire out of New England for the playoffs, and I don't think they're a very good offense. I don't expect them to play well in this game, so I'm not going to touch New England's offense, period. Kyler Murray's shoulder scares me a little, but I've never rostered Kyler Murray worrying about him grabbing me 300 passing yards. I want him to run. I want him to scramble, make up plays on, on, the, fly, on the fly. So I'm going to stick with him, even with a shoulder injury. And uh, I – who you pick as your wide receiver to pair him with is tougher again in a matchup like this. But last time we saw DeAndre Hopkins, he put up a dud. Usually doesn't put up two in a row. So I'm a roll with DeAndre Hopkins. All right, Chop, let's stay with you here for a betting pick. Arizona, like I said, road favorites here sitting at minus two and a half, 49 and a half is the total. Yeah, I think uh, New England's just kind of lost it now. So I'm, I'm going to take Arizona. I'm on Arizona for sure. I, I think you're still getting uh, New England as far as the name value, and they're just not a very good football team. So I, I'm not worried about this being at Foxborough. There is no crowds. Uh, I, I just think Arizona's clearly the better team. Uh, give me the Cardinals. Derek, what do you got? I like the Cardinals as well, but I'm going to take the over. All right, not trying to force it into the betting card. So he's going over 49 and a half. Let's move on to Cleveland and Jacksonville, Cleveland. Uh, road favorites here, as we'd expect. Jacksonville, uh, you know, we'll see. It, it didn't do much against Pittsburgh. Gardner Minshew may make his return. So something to keep an eye on there. It doesn't really matter if we don't have any interest uh, in that side of the ball. Uh, mainly here, guys, is the Cleveland side. And you know, the difference in pricing now in the running backs, they, they've been priced together and similar all season long, but we really saw uh, Nick Chubb kind of dominate the touches there. He's now 7,100 uh, here against Jacksonville. Cream Hunt down to 5,600. So he did get that late touchdown, but uh, it was the Nick Chubb show for most of that game. So Chop, break that situation down because this is as good of a matchup as it gets. The rest of the Cleveland offense, where are we going? And any interest in the Jacksonville side here against Cleveland? I tell you, my season long, the best trade I made all year. I picked up Nick Chubb uh, when he was was he was injured, man, I, and I ditched uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Well, actually, Clyde had a good game, but whew, I'm, I'm I'm happy I did that one a while back because Chubb's starting to kind of take take shape here now, and he's he he's looking good as the as the weeks wear into the later part of the year. So, uh, yeah, I always make it kind of a rule in DFS. I'll have Chubb and I'll have Hunt in my player pool both equally. And I just I just make sure I don't play them together in the same lineup. But the way they the way they run offense, almost always one of them usually puts up a good game. Like it's just what happens. So I want them both. I can't really decide between the two, so I just keep them both in there and play them equally. Uh, Rashard Higgins, I'm on Rashard Higgins train again this week. He's I think he's the preferred target of Baker Mayfield, and he was he did okay last week. So I'll I'll play Rashard again, and then uh. Austin Hooper waiting for the breakout game from him. It should come sooner rather than later, I think. 
And on the flip side, man, I, I don't think I can play much on Jacksonville. I guess it's dependent on the quarterback. I'd have more interest in DJ Shark if, if Minshew is there, I think. But Luton is kind of a statue back there. And uh, I don't, I don't want to play James Robinson in this matchup, I don't think. I know he's been good. He gets volume, but Price is fine on him. It's, it's, it's up there to where it should be. So uh, I'll pass on him. Yeah, I'm with you on Jacksonville. If it is Minshew, I wouldn't mind like a Chubb Chark uh, kind of mini stack here. I don't think I want to go crazy on this game. There's games I like better here, but I do love the spot for these Cleveland running backs. So, Derek, same question for you. Uh, is, the, is the separation in salary justified here, $1,500 difference? And if so, which guy do you prefer? Uh, I think I prefer Nick Chubb, but um, it's kind of crazy. If you look at his game log, he hasn't had more than one target uh, in a single game this season, the last two weeks, he's played 44 and 43% of the snaps, and he's still getting 20 carries a game. Uh, if he gets 25 carries in this one, he could easily go for 200 yards against the Jaguars. And this is a game where they should be playing from ahead. So I do like Nick Chubb, but it's worth pointing out that the last three games the Browns have played in have been all uh, bad weather games. You had the two windy games, and then last week it was raining all game against the Eagles. So maybe this is finally the spot for their passing game to get going a little bit. We've yet to see him play a full game without Odell um, with good weather and should be pretty decent weather in Jacksonville. So I have a little bit of interest in Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins in tournaments. I think with everyone uh, looking at these running backs, they might get overlooked a little bit. And I have a little bit more interest in James Robinson. Uh, Since Chris Thompson's been out, I mean, he's been a workhorse running back uh, as close as one that you're going to find these days. He's had 28, 25, 25, and 19 touches over the last four games. Playing at home, it's uh, only a six-and-a-half-point spread, so I actually like James Robinson a little bit. And uh, if I'm playing a pass catcher, I'd probably just rather go the cheaper route and go with uh, Keelan Cole or Chris Conley. Denzel Ward's likely going to be on, DJ Chark, and he's been playing a little bit better lately. All right, Derek, you mentioned six-and-a-half on the spread, that total at 49. I think I will take the Browns. I'm going to go under here. Uh, Browns are underrated defensively, even without Miles Garrett. Uh, even if Minshew's back, I don't know how many points this Jacksonville team is going to want to score, going to be able to score uh, in Cleveland at, at their heart wants to run the ball and kill the clock. So uh, total just seems a little high for me. I'll go under 49. Chop, what do you got? I think I'm taking Cleveland. I think they've got too many uh, things on offense they can overpower Jacksonville with. And so I'm going to take Cleveland. All right, next game, we got an AFC East uh, showdown. I'll call it a showdown, but a, a very small total here. Kind of an ugly game. Uh, this one may not take us very long. We got Miami and the Jets. Uh, no major injuries really on either side. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan looks like he's going to miss this week again uh, for the Jets. And Miami, we saw the old switcheroo, which was kind of interesting. You know, they bring Tua in, they, they win some games, and we won't say it's because of Tua, but – uh, we saw them struggle offensively in Denver, and uh, in comes Ryan Fitzpatrick. They say they're going back to Tua here. So uh, it, just an interesting uh, situation there. You generally don't see uh, with a top-10 rookie quarterback. But, uh, Derek, let's start with you here. Uh, thoughts on this game? Uh, honestly, I'm not see, <laughs> seeing much here. Maybe the Miami defense uh, might be my favorite play here. But what do you got, Dolphins and Jets? Best way to attack Miami is on the ground, and I really don't want to play 88-year-old Frank Gore. Uh, I know he scored last week, but uh, I just can't do it. I like Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman as talents, but I just don't trust their quarterback play, and it's a tough uh, secondary. So I will pass on the Jets. 
And the Dolphins aren't all that interesting either. Uh, you mentioned Tua getting benched. That was a little bit strange, um, but he is going to draw the start. And this is uh, probably the best matchup you could ask for. Jets are 32nd in DVOA against the pass. So maybe he bounces back here. Jakeem Grant still feels free. He's only 3,700. Uh, Devontae Parker always has plenty of upside. And then uh, Ahmed looked pretty good, played 76% of the snaps last week, but it's going to be a lot of plays of running back. So for the most part, um, not going to be overweight on this game by any means. All right, Chop, you got any more interest or more optimism for this one? No, I I, uh, I keep this one pretty pretty short. As long as two is the quarterback, it drags down the whole offense, and, and I don't I don't want to play any of them, and, and certainly not the Jets side either. Now let's I mean let's just take a minute here. Do you, do you see him being better down the line? We know he was very electric in college, and you know, I don't want to take up too much time here, but I agree with you. When he's in there, I have zero interest uh, in any of the pass catchers. As good as Devontae Parker uh, can be, as electric as Mike Gesicki can be at times, uh, it just takes me away. When Fitz is in there, I would have a lot more interest. So, is this going to be a? Is this how they're going to win? Is it just going to be defense running the ball and, and kind of hide to? Or are you expecting? Uh, his growth to continue, and maybe we see somewhat of the guy we saw at Alabama. He's not growing this year. He's not He's not an NFL quarterback right now, I don't think. So if, if they're lucky, it happens in the next couple of years. But this year, no. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is by far the best quarterback for this team this year if they're looking to win right now. Do you think they would make that switch back? Oh, if like he's permanently. Strugg- if, permanently. If, if Tua struggles in the – early on in this game and they get down to the Jets, yeah, that'll be the end of his season. They'll go back to Fitzpatrick for good. Derek, any thoughts on that? I mean, he picked a bad year to come out because all the other quarterback rookies are just crushing right now. So uh, he's kind of getting compared to, you know, Herbert and Burrow and those guys. Um, He's only played four games. I know he hasn't looked great. Um, I have more optimism that he can grow into a better quarterback moving forward. But uh, for the rest of this season, I think they should move back to Fitz. All right, I kind of agree. I, I think Fitz just gives them a better chance to win, but uh, I guess you gotta gotta play it safe with the psyche of your rookie and all that nonsense. But uh, to me, it's about winning football games, and the much better option is Fitz. We know two is the future, but I agree with Chop. I, I don't know that he's ready. I think the future obviously brighter, but uh, for now, I think he needs more time uh, to sit and watch behind Fitz Magic. All right, Derek, let's get a betting pick from you here. Miami minus six and a half on the road, 44 and a half on the total. Even though we don't like their offense all that much, give me the Dolphins. I'm going to go under here. It's another game. I think it's just going to be ugly. And I don't know how many points the Jets can even score here. So it's a lower total, but I'm still going to go under 44 and a half. Chop. Yeah, coming off of that loss, the Dolphins, I think they really come out and establish themselves and so i'm going to take miami in this game all right so we go from an ugly game to the highest total we have on the board this week or second highest we got it we got a, a marquee matchup here to end the end the show but uh vegas traveling to atlanta 55 and a half on that total so vegas played very well against the chiefs came up a little bit short mahomes uh pulled out some magic at the end of that game but uh, you got to give it to Derek carr and company they played well uh, in that game, now travel to Atlanta, who did not play very well against the, the tight end known as Taysom uh, and the Saints. So only major injury here. We know Julio Jones was in and out of that game about 25 times. So he is listed uh, as questionable. Looks like he'll be a game-time decision. So, Chop, we know Julio not being in there can affect this entire offense. The, the numbers from Matt Ryan bear it out. When Julio's not on the field, uh, he's just not as good of a quarterback. So 
how much if Julio doesn't play, does that affect uh, what your interest is in the Atlanta side? And in Vegas, high total here. They are the favorites uh, in this game. So uh, we got to have interest. Is it Jacobs? Is it the passing game? Or is it both here against the Falcons? Um, it is I, – I would hope Julio is out for selfish purposes, and that way we can really – fire up some Calvin Ridley and then get another good value wide receiver down there for cheap, because that's what happens when Julio is out. So I would hope he's out. And uh, yeah, I have Matt, I've interest in Matt Ryan, regardless of Julio's in or out. So I'm good with that Falcons passing game. I can't, eh, I just can't go play Todd Gurley right now anymore. You're just banking on touchdowns is what you're doing. So I don't want to have to do that every week on the flip side. There's not been a team that's been better against running backs since basically their coaching change than Atlanta. I mean, they've shut down all the running backs, including Alvin Kamara last week. And so uh, I don't want to play Josh Jacobs. I won't play Josh Jacobs in this game. But uh, for the Raiders, you know, looking into it, Nelson Aguilar appears to be the guy now, man, in the wide receiving core. So I guess you go to – I don't mind. I mean, because Ruggs is just not getting targeted, and neither is Hunter Renfro. It's either Aguilar or it's Waller. So, I mean, I don't mind either one of those guys in this matchup because you're going to beat Atlanta through the air. Derek Carr's been very, very serviceable this year. So, I think one of those guys has a pretty decent game along with Derek Carr. So, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I I love Aguilar here. Uh, I think it's – the price hasn't really caught up uh, to to his role in the the production. So – uh, a great matchup here at Falcons. We don't give up a ton of production through the air, especially to wide receivers, a bottom five in that number. And you mentioned it, Ruggs has just not, not been the guy they expected when they took him uh, as the first receiver off the board. So I love the, the double stack here, Derek Carr, Aguilar uh, to Waller. You run it back with, with a guy like Ridley, a uh, very stackable game. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts here, Raiders and, and Falcons? Yeah, I like that stack. Uh, sounding better and better. Uh, you guys mentioned Aguilar's kind of established himself as a wide receiver one there. And uh, in general, this is a low-volume passing attack. But uh, against the Falcons, that's how you beat them is through the air. And uh, best-case scenario, they get down early, and then they you know, just air it out. We've seen so many quarterbacks go crazy against the Falcons in the second half when they're playing catch-up. So I like Carr. I like Waller. I like Aguilar. Uh, and I agree with Chop. I'm going to be off of Josh Jacobs. Uh, Atlanta's just been really good against the run, and he doesn't do a whole lot in the passing game. For the Falcons, this all depends on Julio. Um, I'll like Ridley if Julio ends up being out. And I know it's ugly, but you can have a couple of shares of Todd Gurley. Uh, the Raiders really bad against the run, dead last in DVOA. And he's getting the touches. So uh, he'll have to score for sure to get there. But certainly possible against the Raiders. My, Maya, things have changed. It was always <laughs> me and Chop, touting Gurley, week in, week out, year in, year out. Now Derek's twisting our arm to play Todd Gurley. I wouldn't say that, but I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, you guys. I'm not overly excited to play Todd Gurley, but 5,500. You mentioned the Raiders being bad against the run, a high total game. I I wish he did more in the passing game, but uh, it's not a bad price. So maybe more of a fan duel play uh, searching for those touchdowns, but I'm not going to rule him out. Jacobs, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, Atlanta's been very good against the run here, so more interest. Uh, in that passing game, Derek, uh, where do your interests lie in the betting market? Vegas minus three here on the road. And that total, like I said, 55 and a half. Yeah, really high total. But if Oakland can't get their running game going, they won't be able to melt the clock. So give me the over. I'm going to actually take the Raiders here. I've been impressed with them. They played well in some tough spots. They, they hung in there. They, they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. They almost beat them again. Uh, you know, if Julio's out, this Atlanta offense it did not look great last week. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Raiders here on the road. Chop, where do you got? I am uh, on the Atlanta Falcons here, just uh, because I I feel like that three is uh, you know I think at worst I get a push out of this being on Atlanta, and at best Atlanta beats them heads up. Are you playing for a tie right now? This ain't soccer, Chop. Come on. Well, no, I mean, that's at worst. I, I think Atlanta wins this game outright. There but, you go. You know, at, at worst, at worst, I'll get a, I'll get a push out of it. Let's so put some I, cheese I on that money line, then. You take <laughs> Atlanta. You got to. But no, but not, not on my official pick, though. I just I want the points on my official on All my right. official oh, yeah. record. Okay. Official record, Chop. Atlanta plus three. We got it. All right. Let's move from the highest total to the lowest total we have. This another ugly one, guys. This shouldn't take long. The Giants uh, going to Cincinnati. And anytime the Giants are five-and-a-half-point road favorites, you know things are not good. Obviously, uh, the loss of Joe Burrow really sucks uh, to see him go down. The guy was on, on track to break uh, all the rookie passing records. So uh, how does that affect Cincinnati? We know it's a huge loss. Uh, Chop, we'll go to you here. But what do we do with these wide – can we even play these wide receivers? And I'll give kudos to DraftKings. They priced everybody down uh, to kind of factor this in. But – any interest in Ryan Finley at 4.9K? Any of these pass catchers? Or are we just hands off here uh, with the Cincinnati side? And then the Giants, for me, I think the defense is interesting. They're generating a ton of pressure, multiple sacks in every game this season. Uh, and Cincinnati gives up a ton of pressure. So Giants defense kind of off the radar. But ugly game here, Chop. Uh, any interest here, giants Bengals? Man, I'll tell you, I give, I give, like you just said, DraftKings, give them credit because this is the lowest price on the, particularly Tyler Boyd. This is his lowest price all year long, and they did it. I guess they, they did it because of the Joe Burrow absence, but yeah, it's the only thing that makes me, that keeps that guy on my radar is being that low of a price tag. Otherwise, I wouldn't even entertain this offense at all. I think it's going to struggle big time without Joe Burrow. But that price tag on Tyler Boyd, keeps keeps him on my radar so you got that going for you but uh, otherwise this offense I think is going to struggle and I don't want any I mean Giovanni Bernard's a nice player but 5.7k on DraftKings I'll pass and then uh on the other side there the Giants yeah you know this is a good matchup for them so they look good the last game I'll give them credit I think I think maybe we're ready for a Darius Slayton game. So I'll be on Slayton this week, and Daniel Jones is okay. We, he, obviously, he can run a little bit. We've seen it a couple times this year. So the one guy I will be passing on, though, is the Wayne Gallman. I'm not going to reach for the Wayne Gallman. And I know Derek's going to tell me about snap counts and <laughs> touchdowns and all the good things Wayne is doing. I give him credit for it, but I, I want to pass on that one. But I do like Darius Slayton this week. That's the beauty of the OGs. A lot of different ways to, to look at things. And Derek is going to bring those numbers to us. So I kind of disagree. I, I don't mind a, a pairing of Gallman and the Giants defense. I do like the passing game as well. Daniel Jones, we, we've seen starting to run a little bit more, uh, starting to connect with some of his pass catchers. Evan Ingram, a great matchup here. It didn't work for, for Logan, Lance, Thomas, whoever the hell we want to call him. But I, I like Ingram in the spot as well in a good matchup. So, a little bit more interested in this Giants side. It's kind of scaring me, Derek, in a 42-and-a-half, uh, liking so many Giants. Where, where are you coming out on this one? Yeah, I like the Giants side, too. Uh, as for Gallman, his snap count hasn't been as high as I would like to see, but uh, the touches have been there. He scored five touchdowns the last four games. Um, that's kind of boosted his fantasy performance. But um, they haven't been playing with the lead a lot this season, and they're probably going to be able to do it this week against the Bengals, who don't have a great run defense. So, I'm okay with uh, Gallman. I probably put him in the same category as uh, Gurley is kind of a guy that you can just add to your MME player pool. 
like Evan Ingram as well. Uh, it's a good matchup for tight ends. He's had nine targets or more in three of his last four games. Uh, fine pairing him up with Daniel Jones, Slayton, Shepard. Um, they're all in pretty good spots. And, yeah, I mean, Finley being back there is definitely going to hurt this offense. But I'll at least try to make a case for Tyler Boyd. Uh, James Bradbury is going to be on the outside. He's been one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. And it's not like uh, Finley's going to want to tear it out downfield. So maybe he looks underneath the Boyd. He's only 5K. It's my best, uh, it's the best, best I can do. <laughs> Not much here in this game, unfortunately, especially at Cincy side. Like I said, the Giants defense, I think, is really uh, the play I want to emphasize here. 3,200 uh, with the sacks they're generating. That offensive line is terrible. Finley hasn't shown us much uh, in his opportunities. So, uh, Giants D, uh, something to stash away at 3,200. Derek, we have Giants minus five and a half, like I mentioned, and that low total at 42 and a half. I've taken way too many road favorites already. So, oh man, that total so, seems so low. Give me the over. I, uh, that, I'm thinking about the old abstain here, and I know that's not allowed. I don't like any of this nonsense. Uh, I, I'm going to go the Giants. Just I, I just I don't see how Cincinnati is going to do much of anything, but I, I don't love it. I'll go Giants. Chop, what do you got? Yeah, I, uh, I guess I, I don't want to do too many – road favorites either but uh I, I see the Giants are playing better better football lately and the Bengals I think are going to take a major step back this week so give me the Giants all right let's get to a better game here that, that one's ugly that the Giants and that one the, the Jet both New York games just nasty but let's get over to Chargers and Buffalo uh we get back over the 50 mark here on our totals no major injuries on either side here, outside of Austin Eckler, who I do not see returning this week, but uh, they did say initially week 12 was the target. So keep an eye on that. So, Chop, let's go to you. This one should be fun. Justin Herbert and company playing with a ton of confidence. Keenan Allen getting about 500 targets a week. Any worry about Tredavious White? Is he even going to shadow Keenan Allen? So maybe talk about that. And then uh, Buffalo should be rested, ready to go here. Josh Allen and company against this Chargers defense. So it should be a fun one. They're a stackable game. Uh, what stands out as some must plays for you here, Chop? Yeah, fun game. And Derek can probably speak more to where Tredavious White lines up and if he's going to see uh, the slot or any of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not too keen on that early in the week. So uh, I don't even know if it matters the way Keenan Allen gets peppered. He's going to get his catches regardless. And this is a – this is definitely a matchup where I definitely don't see the Chargers jumping out to a lead and nursing the clock. So they'll be playing catch up and there'll be a lot of action to go around. So I like Keenan and Mike Williams. Mike Williams got, got there last week. That was a good, that was a good game for him. And this could be a Hunter Henry game. So Justin Herbert's in play because he always has those targets. I am going to take away my running backs though. I don't want Balazs, don't want Kelly or anybody else in that backfield this week. I think this is a strictly a Justin Herbert game and his pass catchers. And uh, Buffalo is going to do whatever they want on offense. The Chargers are not good on defense, man. They are not good. So fire up all your guys, man. Fire up Josh Allen, Diggs, maybe a little John Brown in there. Backfield still splits up too much to where I don't want to take a chance on them. But, boy, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs might be the premier stack this week. I, I really like it. Yeah, I don't hate that. And officially on Eckler, they are going to activate him from the injured reserve this week, but still don't, not sure if he's going to play. They have a three-week window of whether to bring him back to game action or not. So uh, something to keep an eye on if you are looking at a Kalen Balazs in the backfield, but 
I'm with you, Chop. It's more the quarterbacks and the pass catchers for me. No interest in that Buffalo running game. I prefer Zach Moss. I wish he would just take this backfield over. But uh, for now, these guys are too, doing too much of a committee uh, for me to lock any of them here uh, in DFS. Derek, let's go to you. Buffalo Chargers, fun game. Uh, who's standing out here on your side? Yeah, Feckler is active. Uh, pretty easy to avoid the Chargers backfield. If he's out, Kalen Balazs, I mean, I haven't given him enough credit over the last three games. I just continue to see him uh, as a Dolphin where he was getting like one yard per carry. But uh, he's looked pretty good the last three weeks. He's played uh, 72% of the snaps two weeks ago and then 67% of the snaps last week, even though he got hurt and was forced to miss uh, most of that first drive. So I think he would be interesting if Eckler ends up being out. But I do like the passing game here. Herbert's been awesome, at least 20 fantasy points in every game. Uh, Keenan Allen, I don't know if uh, Travis White travels into the slot, but most elite cornerbacks do not. Um, So I would expect him to avoid Travis White for most of the game. And even if he does match up against him, he's going to get a lot of easy targets over the middle. So I do like Keenan Allen once again. Um, He's just like a lock for 20-plus fantasy points at this point. And Hunter Henry catches uh, touchdown catches in back-to-back games. Buffalo has struggled to defend tight ends this season, so I like him. And then, yeah, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, uh, one of my favorite uh, stacks of the week. So uh, I like this game a lot. Now, a couple things. If Tredavious stays on the outside, you know, that, that probably takes Mike Williams out of play, so maybe it pushes even more targets towards Keenan uh, and Hunter Henry. And Kalen Balot, you want to talk about tilt. I, now, let's go back to <laughs> – I said it on Twitter, but these damn chargers in either warm-ups or the first drive, we can go back to Tyrod Taylor. Derek, I believe you had played him that week as well. Mm-hmm. They puncture this guy's damn lung. Then the Justin Jackson week, he, he gets hurt in pregames, had a ton of him in DFS. And then I got some pretty good lineups going. Kalen Balaj locked in. He goes down on the opening drive. It, it was – frustrating as hell but glad he came back uh ended up doing okay in that game but uh just tilting here with the Chargers, they always find a way to lose games or mess things up so they're just a, just a cursed franchise but one thing i could say the old haircut for justin herbert uh, did not affect anything went out and had another uh, great game now probably locked in uh, as that rookie of the year with that injury to joe burrow so betting wise derek we have bills minus five and a half at home total at 53 and a half I'll take the over. I'm smashing the over here. I, I just, you know, you mentioned the Chargers defense chop. I think Buffalo is going to be in the 30s here. I think Herbert can do enough uh, to put his team near 30. I think this is one that could hit 60. So uh, easy over for me. Chop. Oh, baby. Put it down. <laughs> put it one. down on the sheet. Hey, there's one. I got to mark this down. Our first one. We may have a, a one team or you can go all in on uh, a single bet, but uh All in on the Buffalo Chargers over. All right, last game here in the early window. We got Carolina traveling to Minnesota. Carolina side, Teddy Bridgewater. Listed as questionable. I'd expect him back. Uh, P.J. Walker looked decent, but it sounded like Teddy was close to playing last week. And now a little revenge game going back uh, to Minnesota. So keep an eye on that. Christian McCaffrey listed as doubtful, so don't expect him uh, to return this week. Minnesota side. Adam Thielen uh, dealing with COVID. I don't know if he was, if he tested positive, if he was exposed, I don't have any issue or uh, news on that, but uh, that could open up obviously Justin Jefferson or even an old BC Johnson at minimum price. So chop, let's go to you here. Uh, Carolina side. Uh, let's just, you know, whether it's Teddy PJ Walker, I don't think is a huge difference. Uh, and then Minnesota, my main question, interest in those receivers and can you pay 9,500 here for Dalvin Cook against this awful Carolina Rundy. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, in cash games, I'm I'm going to have to pay for Dalvin Cook because he just gets so much work every week, and he just comes through in even the tougher matchups. And now you get a cupcake matchup. Cash games, I'm paying for him in GPPs. Uh, you don't have to, but uh, I don't think I don't think there's a whole lot of downside with him unless he does something crazy like go out and get it, gets injured early. So. Otherwise, I'm good for Dalvin, but they've got a lot of good weapons on that team. Every week, I mean, I feel like I could play Adam Thielen any week. I could play Justin Jefferson. So they got the weapons over there, and this is a pretty good matchup for them. But, uh, yeah, I could play Dalvin Cook. I want to play some of that on the Carolina side. Now it's getting tricky, man. It's getting tricky now. Uh, Mike Davis is okay. He's certainly we – we can get rid of the Christian McCaffrey light description because he's not. He's not that good. <laughs> But he's serviceable. Uh, at this price tag, I don't know if I'm going to go there. But the wide receivers are just, man, this is too much for me. Like, they, it's legit three different guys. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, now Curtis Samuel's been put in the mix. Samuel's outperform, outperforming these guys over the last month or so. Robbie Anderson's the one taking the back seat. I, I don't like it. So, it's if you have three good wide receivers in fantasy, you, you usually have none. That means so I don't know what to do with them, but I guess uh, the safest one is DJ Moore. He's been pretty pretty steady this year, but I don't like it, man. For some reason, it's a good matchup. I just can't wrap my head around too many Carolina guys this week. Period. The end of statement. <laughs> Beer. Beer might be on mute. He is on beer. You're on mute, man. No, no, mute. Come on, I wouldn't. I would, who, who would be on mute after three years of doing a podcast? You, you think you'd have all your shit together? No, of course I was on mute. So, I, I was going to say you brought up three receivers. Unless you're Pittsburgh, you know, then everybody gets double-digit targets. But for me, it's Samuel. I mean, he's the cheapest of the three. He gets work out of the backfield, and uh, I don't mind this matchup with, with Minnesota. I agree. It's frustrating. Not nobody really stands out here, but. You know, if you're playing Dalvin, you want to run it back. Uh, choosing between those guys, Robbie Anderson is allergic to the end zone. Uh, DJ Moore, very boom bust. Samuel's been about uh, as consistent as it gets, and it hasn't mattered who the quarterback has been. So uh, give me Samuel on that side. Derek, let's go to you. Same questions. Uh, break down those Carolina receivers. Uh, Mike Davis, I loved him last week. I'm kind of a chop. I don't love him this week at almost 7K. And can you pay 9500 for Dalvin Cook this week? And definitely pay 9500 for Dalvin Cook. He's kind of, you know, this year's version of David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell back in the day where he's just crushing each and every week. They're giving him the ball 30-plus times. He's playing at home against a bad run defense, so I will gladly play Dalvin. And if Thielen's out, you got to play Justin Jefferson too. I mean, he's been awesome this season, a huge deep down-the-field uh, threat, and got to think uh, he'd see more targets. I actually wouldn't mind pairing him with Dalvin, even though, you know, the two aren't correlated all that well. But um, you have to think that most of the points would come through those two. And then if they, if uh, Thielen's active, you can probably look his way. The fact that he's on the list is probably going to lower his ownership uh, throughout the week. And on the opposite side, yeah, it's tough. You know, I like all three of the wide receivers. Minnesota, great matchup. Their biggest weakness is their secondary. So uh, I think Curtis Samuel would be my favorite, but I kind of expect him to be the most popular of the three. So I'll take a look at ownership. I wouldn't mind having a little bit of each in MME. Yeah, I got to think one of them is going to have a big game against his secondary. Mike Davis, he's fine. Uh, 6,900 is a little more than I want to pay for him, but he had 21 touches last week, and he's going to get you know involved in the goal line and uh, in those pass-catching situations. 
Yeah, I want to add the tight ends here for Minnesota. The frustrating part is there's two of them, and they're kind of kind of splitting snaps. But if Thielen were to be out, I think Irv Smith at 3,100 uh, could take on more of a pass catcher role. So uh, not a must play, just a, a cheap tight end uh, to throw in the mix for you guys. All right, let's take a look at the betting market. We got Minnesota minus four, 48 and a half on the total, Derek. I'll take Minnesota. I think they could control this game on the ground. I'm going to take Carolina. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the points here on the road. I-, I think this could be another close game. So give me the Panthers. Chop, what do you got? We're spread out here. I'm going to take the over and just hope that they don't run Dalvin Cook so hard that they just chew up all the clock. But otherwise, these defenses aren't that good. I'm going to take the over. All right, before we hit into the three-game afternoon slate, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor of the pod, Manscaped is back. The holidays are here. Have you guys made your wish list yet? Our sponsor has the number one wish for gift of the year. That's Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform so we've all had that time where we, we've nicked something uh we, we've nicked the old boys downstairs you got you got nose hairs hanging out everywhere well guess what you are in luck because the manscapes performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect holiday gift i mean imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought after gadgets and scents a person could find including in this package is the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof, 9,000 RPM motor, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. And look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? So this bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body. And the dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women We'll love you for it as well. So tis the season of Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your fellow OGs, your friend, whoever it may be, the best gift of all, and that's a package to Manscaped. So all you got to do, go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROTO, R-O-T-O. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy again. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code ROTO. Guys, anything to add here on the Manscaped read? Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it pretty good. Nothing says Merry Christmas like shaving your balls. That's right. Ho, ho, ho. I was curious about the the stat you mentioned. Only 89% of women think long nose hairs are unattractive. That's, I want to know that 11%. Like, what, what do they do? Nah, I don't even want to get into what they do there. But, yeah, that, that's uh, – and how how do these polls get conducted? Like, do we call women and say, hey, <laughs> what do you think of nose hairs? And there's 11 that are just all about it. I mean, it's just, just an interesting, uh, interesting I mean, poll there. Notorious probably not quite having to worry about it just yet, but I know, Beer, you probably got some of these issues. Like, I, I see some hairs growing on my ears, man. Dude, my I got ear hairs hair. coming out of everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is and, and my eyebrows, like – I was making fun of this actor the other, like I was watching uh, this, this uh, HBO show, The Undoing. It's got that Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. You know, oh, he's yeah. got these, he's, he's got, got these eyebrows. eyebrows. He's got these eyebrows, man, and they're like huge and long and nasty looking. And 
And then I'm making fun of him, but I go look at my own eyebrows and like, I'm starting to get these big old long, look like, they look like roach legs, man. They're terrible. They're terrible looking things. But so I'm going to have to get the manscaped uh, eyebrow trimmer or whatever that is and trim these things up, man. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to hook us up with, with some more free goods here. But you know, I, I'm just glad my wife is in the 89%. She's constantly picking at this hair, that hair, but she'll pull some hairs out of my ear that... I swear that baby's about six foot long. Like, I don't yeah. know where this thing came. It almost stretched ear to ear. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're getting gray. They're getting long. It's, it's just it's not a good situation here. So, uh, thank goodness for our friends over at Manscaped. But I'm sure you guys are sick of talking body hair and nose hair. So, let's get back uh, to the football. We got a three-game afternoon slate here. If you didn't have enough on Thanksgiving, an early slate, uh, here's your last chance for week 12. Uh, to make some money. So let's get it started with New Orleans uh, traveling to Denver to take on the Saints here. No major injuries. Uh, sorry to break the news, but you do not get to play a quarterback at tight end this week uh, on Fandle. They do have him listed uh, at quarterback. And Derek, let's start with you here. He's up to 6,200 on DraftKings and uh, clearly going to start again. Uh, was very effective on the ground. Uh, any interest in paying that price? Last week was 4,800, I believe, on DraftKings. So uh, the price up, kind of a lower total game. Uh, where are you coming out here on Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, and the rest of the Saints here against Denver? Yeah, I was definitely surprised uh, to see how they used Taysom Hill last week. Uh, I thought they were going to have more designed runs for him, at least in the first half, and they were just letting him air it out, and he looked pretty good. But um, it was at home. He was dirt cheap, and he was facing the Falcons. Now he has to go on the road to play the Broncos in Denver, and he's 6,200. Um, if he burns me at this price, I'm certainly willing to live with it. I do like the rushing upside. I know he scored more fantasy points than Drew Brees did in any other game this season, but um, tougher matchup on the road. I will pass. Alvin Kamara didn't catch a single ball last week. I think that was the first time in his uh, career that he didn't have a catch. So uh, you know, having a running quarterback is probably not good for his fantasy production. Maybe they get him going a little bit, but um, kind of feels like a bad spot. I don't know. Um, and then Michael Thomas is getting most of the looks from – Taysom so he'd probably be the one guy I would be interested in for the Saints side and for Denver uh, this offense just looks pretty rough right now Saints have been a top five team against the run and the pass uh, Drew Locke just hasn't been able to get much going um, so maybe you look to Noah Fant I know he gets injured a lot but the Saints they don't they're not great against tight ends and you know he does have that big play potential so uh, Fant and maybe Michael Thomas but overall pretty bad game yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that price on Thomas is attractive. Still sitting at 7,400, and we we wondered what it would look like with Taysom, but it clearly was the guy uh, that they were looking for. All in all, Chop, I, I just nothing here stands out. I'm definitely not buying into Melvin Gordon. It's still splitting touches, and yeah, he found the end zone a couple times, but uh, this is not a team in the Saints that I generally want running backs against, especially a committee back who's been terrible all season. So not buying into that. Uh, Taysom, I don't think I can pay the 6200 for here. So uh, not really much interest of anything here for me, honestly. That three-game slate, you're going to have to find something. Uh, and I agree, it's probably Thomas, and I don't mind the fan call. But uh, you got anything else for us here standing out, uh, Saints and Broncos? No, not really. I got a feeling when I run the Blitz Optimal on Sunday, it's not going to feature anybody from this game. Uh, with that being said, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, always in GPP because you just never know about them. And Emmanuel Sanders got some pretty good looks last week from Taysom Hill. And he, I think he even had a touchdown called back So because of a penalty. 
Maybe Sanders at 4,800 is a guy that Taysom Hill is going to look at even more this week. So you, you can keep that one in your mental Rolodex stored away. But the Denver, I mean, no, I'm not going to touch anybody on Denver. New Orleans got the best defense that nobody talks about. Yeah, we all want to talk about Pittsburgh and some of the other higher name defenses. New Orleans just steadily delivers every year good defense. And this year they might be better than their previous versions of themselves. So I don't want to attack New Orleans at all. All right, how about a batting pick here, Chop? Saints, uh, big road favorites here, minus five and a half, uh, low total at 43 and a half. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good line because I, I would think – I would like to go under, but 43 and a half is just too low for me to – I'm going to go under anyway. I'm taking the under on this game. I'm, so I'm under as well. I think the spread's right where it should be. Uh, I think this one's going to be ugly. So it's it's low, but it's low for a reason. I'm going under here as well. Derek? Three for three, I'll go under. Oh boy, Whoa. that might be the first under we we included in a in a parlay card. So uh, we'll see on that one. But we all agree on the under forty three and a half. There, let's move on. San Francisco and the Rams, uh, the Niners side. I, I was looking at things early before we started, and I'm pretty sure every running back on their roster is either questionable, out, doubtful. So uh, they're expecting Mostert to possibly to return this week. Tevin Coleman the same. So uh, you guys do with that what you will. I don't really have issue, any interest, no matter who's there or who's out against this Rams team. Debo Samuel uh, expected back here. And we know uh, Kittle on IR, obviously, and Brandon Ayuk uh, remains on the COVID-19 list. Rams, good to go. Big win uh, in Tampa Bay on Monday night. So, Chop, let's go to you here. If you want to hit on those Niners running backs or, or Debo Samuel, most of my interest here is going to lie uh, in this Rams side and mostly in the passing game. We saw both Cooper Cup. Uh, and Robert Woods had big games. Uh, I'm not done with Josh Reynolds yet. I still think he can be productive here. So uh, a lot of interest in this Rams passing game for me. Let's say you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm in the same boat. I like the Rams. I like the Rams passing game. Uh, you know, Woods Cup, they both got there on, on Monday night football. Usually that's not the case. Usually you got to kind of pick one and, and hope you guess the right side. So uh, and Cooper Cup is a very, really good wide receiver, though. I think week in and week out, is he's the guy I would choose. But I like that passing game. On the other side, I don't like that passing game at all for San Francisco. But I do think they could have some success on the ground. <clears throat> it's just a matter of who's going to be in there doing it. You know, if 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 Mostert is in, I would I wouldn't mind playing Mostert. If Mostert is out, then maybe we narrow it down to a Jarek McKinnon. But, I mean, gosh, man, I just, I'd have to wait and see what the injuries look like over there. But I think that's the only way they're going to move the ball on the Rams is via the ground. So this Rams defense is really good against the pass, and I don't, I'm not going to be tempted to play anybody from Frisco against the pass. All right, Derek, uh, what about you? We're both interested in this Rams passing game and really not much else here. So uh, Rams running game, anything on the San Fran side, your thoughts, Niners, Rams? Yeah, I have more interest in the Rams defense than I do in the uh, Niners offense. There's just so many question marks. You guys mentioned all the running backs being questionable. So just take a wait-and-see approach there. It's not like it's a great matchup anyway. Um, Ayuk, he didn't test positive for COVID. At least we don't know he did. He might just be uh, on the list and able to return by Sunday. But either way, um, Rams got a very good secondary. So like you guys mentioned, don't really want to pick on their uh, their secondary and then maybe look at Jordan Reed. Um, I know he doesn't play a ton of snaps, but when he's out there, they're trying to give him the ball. He's only 3,600. Uh, maybe he's the way they move the ball here. 
And for the Rams, I'm fine with their passing game, but I always just seem to be on the wrong receiver. Uh, I finally bought into Josh Reynolds after he had more uh, targets and receptions than Robert Woods over the last three weeks, and then he kind of put up a dud against the Bucks. So, yeah, it's just hard for me to pick uh, which one I like, but they do feel underpriced. I mean, Cup is 64 and Woods at 58. They definitely seem like good uh, values. Yep, that the old Monday night game, and they don't get the bump in pricing. So uh, something you can take advantage of uh, here this week against the Niners. All right, Derek, we got Rams uh, minus seven at home, a total at 45. I think the defense just dominates the Niners' offense. Give me the Rams. I'm going Rams for sure. Uh, it's a much better team here, so I got no problems uh, giving the seven here. I don't care uh, who comes back in that Niners' backfield. Uh, the Rams playing with a lot of confidence offensively, defensively. Uh, Rams minus seven for me. Chop. I'm going to take the under on this game. Uh, I, I think uh, the Rams defense is good enough to really hold San Francisco. If San Francisco is competitive, it's on the ground, and that's just churning out the clock. And if they're not competitive, they're not going to score. I'll take the under in this game. All right, let's close it up with uh, the game of the week. Uh, obviously, the big talk of the week will be Brady versus Mahomes, old school versus new school. Uh, what, what I saw Brady on Monday night, uh, I don't even know that he belongs on the old marquee. Some, some terrible throws uh, in that game against the Rams. But uh, nonetheless, here we are, 55-and-a-half point total in this one. Uh, the only injury is a guy that's always injured. Uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, I think, is perpetually questionable uh, every single week. So, uh, really the only one of note here. So, Chop, we'll go to you here to wrap things up first. Uh, obviously, a game we're going to have to have interest in. Uh, it being in Tampa, uh, is, is, any more interest in, in, the, in the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers? Uh, I know you've been a big proponent here of old noodle arm. Uh, can he get it done here against the Chiefs? And Chiefs side, do, do you want the running game? We saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire look good. Uh, we saw Le'Veon Bell find the end zone, or is it Mahomes and company here against Tampa Bay? No, I don't want the running game for Kansas City. This uh, defenses like Tampa Bay and and teams like Tampa Bay are really good for Patrick Mahomes. It actually gives them uh, the green light to open it up and, and, you know, be competitive for four quarters. So I like the passing game on the KC side. Mahomes, pick your tar- – either Tyreek or Travis Kelsey being the main guys. And, and then we'll see if Tammy Watkins plays. But Tyreek and Travis should be enough anyway. But uh, I like the Mahomes passing game. I don't want any of the running game here. And I'm not worried about Tampa Bay's defense. Like we saw on Monday Night Football, they're good, but they can definitely be exploited. So give me all the KC passing game. Now, the thing about Brady is he's really good when he's upright in the pocket with time. No pressure at all, right? We know that. So – it's going to be up to KC to get pressure. And if they don't, he can, he can have some success against his defense, and I think he does. So I'll give him the benefit of, that, of the doubt in this game. I think Brady has a pretty good game because I think they keep him pretty clean, in which case I want to target him with Antonio Brown first, then Chris Godwin, then Mike Evans. That's my hierarchy, although Mike Evans is making me look foolish here lately by being the guy. But I'll stick to Brown first, Godwin second. Evans third and a hard pass on this backfield. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't have a ton of interest in the running backs. Now, Edward Solaire could get there through the passing game, but like you said, Tampa Bay has been good against the run dating back to all the way to last season. They, they've been one of the best, if not the best, uh, run D in the league. So all the Mahomes, Kelsey Hill for me, Tampa Bay side, it, it's tough because as you said, there's a bunch of wide receivers uh, on that side, but it, we've talked about Antonio Brown uh, kind of moving up the pecking order. He remains the cheapest 
of the three receivers here. So he'd probably be my guy on the Tampa Bay side, but no issues with any of those guys all being right around uh, 6,000. So Derek, let's go to you. Wrap us up here for week 12, uh, Chiefs and Bucks. Yeah, I love the Chiefs offense in this one. Not worried about the Bucks defense, like Todd mentioned. Um, if anything, Mahomes is going to be aggressive for all four quarters, uh, which we love to see. So don't mind going to him. Um, I prefer Kelsey over Tyreek just because he's a little bit cheaper. And paying up a tight end is kind of tough to do just based on the way roster construction is. So maybe he gets overlooked a little bit in terms of ownership. No interest in the running game. And for Tampa Bay, look, uh, Brady's been bad. He's looked bad a number of times this season. But he does have three games with at least 34 fantasy points. And one of them was uh, right after that bad game against the Saints. We always talk about angry Tom Brady and, uh, you know, him playing well the next week. And, you know, he did against the Panthers. I think he's going to bounce back and have a good game here. I like the point that Chop mentioned about the pass rush. Uh, the Chiefs 19th in uh, adjusted sack rate, and they've had – fewer pressure on the road than they have at home. So I think it's a pretty good spot. If I'm picking a receiver, I'll probably go with Antonio Brown too. It seems like he's getting more and more involved each week. Had five targets the first game, eight the next, and then 13 last week against the Rams. But no issue with any of them. Um, they could all, you know, easily go off. And you could even double stack and bring it back with, you know, a couple pass catchers here. So definitely a good game, especially if you're playing that three-game late slate. This is the one you want exposure to. Absolutely, no doubt. All right, we got Kansas City minus three and a half on the road, 55 and a half on the total, Derek. I like this game to stay close. So give me the points with Tampa Bay. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Uh, just Tampa Bay, it's too many question marks with this team. And it's not just what I saw against the Rams. It, it, it's a couple spots. They just Against the really good, really elite teams, uh, you kind of see the, the holes in the armor here uh, for Tampa Bay. So I think the Chiefs win this game probably by a touchdown or so, so I'll gladly lay the three and a half. Chop, what do you got? Give me the over in this game. Over 55 and a half. All right. I believe that gives us two on the parlay card. Is that accurate? I got yep. Chargers, Bills over, and Saints, Denver under. It sounds about right. All right. The there you go. That, that's, that's the two-game winner. Worked for us last week. So, uh, if you get out there, you put that bet in, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, at RG underscore Notorious, at Head Chopper, at Beer Makers Fan. Love to see are you guys hitting on those bets? But that will wrap us up here, guys, for week 12. We had our Thanksgiving pod uh, earlier in the week. We wrapped up the main slate here, guys. Any final thoughts to close out week 12? Derek, let's go to you. Uh, no, nothing stack worthy, um, at least right now on my mind. Uh, but just best of luck. We only have a handful of main slates left, which is kind of crazy. So uh, enjoy it. And uh, yeah, good luck. Oh, yeah. Favorite stack, favorite play. You nothing. Uh, come back around. All right, Chop, you got anything? Uh, f favorite stack, favorite play? You don't have to do all of it. Hit on something. And, uh, final uh, thoughts here for week 12. Favorite play, I mean, favorite stack was definitely going back to the uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stack. Favorite play on this whole thing, uh, I mean, considering price, ownership, everything that goes into it. I think I think it might be Rashard Higgins for me, like super wow. sleeper under the radar. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to project and be the, you know, the best score, but for 4.7, I really think he may be Baker Mayfield's favorite target. And they, like we mentioned, man, they finally get a, a game with no weather against Jacksonville. He's not going to be the focal point of the defense. So I think maybe Rashard Higgins busts loose here for a nice game. And basically, guys, just enjoy it. 
we're coming up on it. Once you get past Thanksgiving, really goes in into super hyper speed, man, and it's over with before you know it. So live it up and enjoy it. Chop, how's that season long team? We gotta get our update. Oh in. man, I'm just sending out trade offers right now, but I'm in I'm in the fourth <laughs> spot. I'd be in the playoffs right now if it started. I won last week. I, I pulled it off. I got by. So it's gonna be tough. There's two really good teams out there ahead of me, but I feel I feel okay, man. All right, clinging to that playoff spot so that the people will be on the edge of their seats for for that update. But uh, my favorite sack is the Raiders. Uh, I love Carr, uh, Aguilar, and Waller. Run it back with, with probably Ridley on the other side, assuming Julio's out. But I'm going to say Aguilar is my favorite play. A lot of chop uh, inspired me with this Higgins play, so I got, I got to go off the radar as well. But I uh, love the spot for the Raiders here uh, indoors against Atlanta. So I just want to say thank you, as always, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to Mike Lynn. Uh, as always, for tracking our bets uh, each and every week. We greatly appreciate it. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Hope you were safe. Hope you avoided the, the COVID. I uh, hope you did well here and going to do well here in week 12. We will be back next week breaking down everything for week 13. Until then, for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck this week, guys. Again, thank you for listening to the DFS OGs podcast here on Roto-Grinders. Good luck, and we'll see you.